Welcome to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. Ross Brannan is a financial advisor who knows it's not just about your teeth. He helps dental practice owners protect and maximize today's cash flow to plan for tomorrow's cash needs. Find him at rossbrannan.com. On the show, he brings together experts to help dental professionals looking to make smart money decisions to grow their income, turn their retirement goals into reality, and improve their lives. And now, here's your host, Ross Brannan. Welcome to the show. Today, we have Caitlin Mendez. Caitlin is a team training coach and business consultant with Front Office Academy, focusing on coaching in teams in areas like gaining and tracking case acceptance, creating productive schedules, improving and standardizing billing and collections processes, fostering positive work cultures, clear aligner implementation, and more. When she is not coaching front office academy clients, she consults with DSOs or small orthodontic groups on orthodontic business operations and strategic growth. She has spent her entire professional career in dental and finds joy coaching individual offices and doctors so they can learn how to level up in the results in their in their results while becoming more profitable. The success of the team and the office are both of utmost importance to her. So delivering value via training and proactive problem solving are her primary goals. Her vast knowledge of the dental space started in the DSO world, working in various leadership positions in DSOs, including VP of Operations of Orthodontics, Revenue Cycle Director, Director of DeNovo Business, as well as a variety of regional and multi-practice management positions in her earlier career. She began her career in dentistry as a front office team member, where she learned firsthand how much teamwork and organization is required to run a successful multi-provider dental practice and allowed her to maintain a team member's perspective as her roles grew in responsibility impact. That is quite an introduction, Caitlin. Quite a bio. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Roz. Thanks for having me. So tell me, what is the Front Office Academy? Yeah, so Front Office Academy is a great resource uh, for dentists to purchase. It's all self-study videos that uh, give you basically zero to hero training for somebody that's never been in dental before. So um, if you're an assistant, if you're joining as a front office, you know, front office team member, if you're a hygienist, if you're an office manager, there's courses uh, on there, although they're mostly front office focused. There are uh, some videos on there that would help you with anyone. So there's a dental 101 series that uh, gives you kind of all the basics of dentistry. Um, so it's a self-study course. It's meant to be a resource for dentists to look for right culture fits, right uh, team members for their to join their team uh, that don't necessarily have uh, dental specific experience, but they have the right characteristics, they have the personality, they have the drive, uh, and they want to learn. So it's a great tool to uh, to get you from from A to Z with a brand new person. We were talking offline, and you said upwards of forty to fifty percent of new hires in dentistry have no dental experience. Is that accurate? Yeah, oftentimes uh, we end up hiring people from other industries for dental offices over the. The course of time since the pandemic, hiring has been really difficult for dentists. A lot of people retired. A lot of people didn't come back to dentistry or left it all together. So that's caused us to have to really get creative about who we're hiring and uh, look for people in other industries. In my career, I've hired successfully hundreds of people probably that you know came with no dental experience. And oftentimes they were my best hires. Uh, they come in with, if they have the right characteristics, they come in with so much gratitude that they're you know, being given the opportunity to like grow a new career, 
and to learn something new. And they oftentimes like the hours a lot better than, you know, the retail or the customer service job they were in previously. And they, it's really a path for them to grow, uh, grow up in the industry like I did. So uh, I found that they they become wonderful hires. And then, of course, with assistants and hygienists, we're always getting new ones out of school. We do have a hygienist and assistant shortage going on in the U.S. right now. It's pretty bad. So um, doctors that used to wait, wait around for somebody with experience don't necessarily have that luxury anymore. So yeah, we're, there's a lot of people coming into the industry with, with no experience at all. And we need a tool like Front Office Academy to be able to get them, get them there uh, a little faster. So in my experience with dentists who own their own practice, I say there is this continuum where on the left, you have dentists who own their own practice, but they really own a job. It's kind of a lifestyle practice. And you know, they're kind of capped on their the revenue they could drive, the income they could make. Then on the opposite end of the extreme, you have basically someone who's a business owner who happens to be a dentist, and they can drive tremendous revenue and value. And then you have everyone in between. The one thing I've noticed about the people who are the business owners is they have they have really good systems in place. With your background in the DSO world and being kind of higher up in management and able to look down at dentists and dental practices, what would you say, how critically important is it to have systems and processes and procedures to really have a well-oiled machine? Yeah, so that's a great question. I think that's one of the um, biggest areas of improvement for the dental industry is uh, for private practice owners to learn the importance of systemization and really having strong processes, knowing what they are, having them written down, having a really great ops manual they can train off of, you know, it's so, so important because at the end of the day, we lose people all the time. Somebody has to move, somebody gets pregnant. Uh, and, you know, in a in an industry like ours where we can't be people dependent because the business suffers immeasurably if you don't have strong systems in place. So the beauty of systems is that you can weather the, the storm of, you know, losing a great employee or losing a great office manager because you can fall back on your system. So that's one of the things that I'm coaching on all the time in Marcos's Dental Success Institute uh, network of mastermind doctors. I'm always teaching them uh, stronger systems and um, I'm trying to help them truly understand all the components of their business, right? Like they, so many dentists I think don't realize how important it is to understand their front office processes, right? And have really good reconciliation processes, have really good processes to fill their schedules to goal. Uh, to sell treatment, to track treatment, right? So these are things I'm training on all the time. All right. So you said sell treatment to track treatment right there. Yeah. And that falls in the case acceptance category. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. So talk about that a little bit, because I know you do some training on case acceptance. Why is that important? And what do you see as the biggest issue on why someone's case acceptance rate may not be where it should be or where they want it to be? Sure. Yeah. So case acceptance is where filling our schedule starts, right? That's it all starts there. If we can't uh, gain the case acceptance during that comp exam visit, when the patient gets it, you know, so let, let me, let me interrupt you. So sure. I'm 45 years old. Mm-hmm. I've got pretty good teeth. The dentist always like your teeth are amazing. I'm a guy who goes in, gets a cleaning twice a year. There is never, I got two cavities when I was 35 It's a long story. It'll never happen again. So there's really no money to be made on cleanings twice a year with me. And let's suppose I drop the ball and I get another cavity, which won't happen. So case acceptance 
is critical because you don't make money in a dental practice just doing cleanings. Am I correct? Correct. Right. You need to be doing some type of procedures. Now, these are procedures people need. You're not forcing something down their throat. So I want to make sure that everyone's on the same page here. So carry on with what you were saying. Yeah. So, you know, I was just saying when there's this notion among people that dentistry is elective, that dentistry isn't important, um, when in reality, it couldn't be farther from the truth. There's more and more research coming out every week about the oral systemic connection, about how much our mouths have to do with, you know, the onset of Alzheimer's or your likelihood to have a stroke or heart attack. So really, it's about re-educating patients so that they understand the importance of getting the dentistry done and they reach to it. Right? It's not, when I say the word sell, I, um, you know, I use that word just because it's, it's a convenient word to kind of use, but truly it's about educating our patients and helping them understand the, the importance of that treatment and moving forward and how that's going to affect their life, their quality of life, um, how that's going to affect their confidence, the way they feel about themselves, right? Uh, it's so it's, it's so much part of a bigger picture for our patients. So, you know, we want to do a great job in the office of making sure we get complete case acceptance. That's something that I'm always training on. I think there's such a, uh, a tendency to just people are scared to talk about money. So they just talk about the next visit and only the next visit. And and then, you know, what happens is when patients get to the more expensive stuff, they say, well, I'll call you. And then they never call us, right? We see them again in a few months for their cleaning. We repropose the treatment. But if we don't do a good job of offering payment options, um, that's that's really where we lose out on the case acceptance. So to the second part of your question, I think uh, payment, lack of good payment options and training for the front office about how to present those properly so that patients can see that this is in fact affordable uh, and budget friendly for them. That's the biggest battle uh, in the case acceptance game. And it's, getting it's, all trained on that. It's interesting. We talked about this a little bit offline, but you know, Daniel Pink ha- has a book out called To Sell as Human. And sales has this negative connotation. You hear the word sales and a lot of people think, oh, used car salesman or something. And sure. the reality is, is you and I both have kids. If we want our kids to do something that they don't want to do, requires some level of sales. You know, and it applies in all areas of our, of our life. And the reality is, you know, this case might cost 10 grand. This person may not want to pay for it, but they need it. My roof could start leaking and it might cost 10 grand. I don't want to pay for it, but I need to get my roof fixed. You know, obviously insurance aside. And and so it, it's it's important that there's a site, there's psychology involved. Not not manipulation, but psychology to help people get down that road. Because like you said, if you don't deal with it now, it's only going to be worse later. And by the way, next thing you know, you're getting, you know, a bunch of, you know, uh, all brand new teeth. And that's dramatically more expensive. Uh, Get a full mouth restoration. So it's interesting. And I, and, and, but sometimes people don't understand the psychology, they don't understand the importance of it, and you're not pushing something that's not necessary. So you have to give them the option to vote. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we need to give patients the payment options so that they are able to get the dentistry, dentistry done that they really need. And when you talk about the psychology piece, to me, um, the only psychology that's actually involved is helping the patient understand how the dentistry fits into the context of their life, right? How will them having their mouth fixed make them more confident, make them smile and laugh more, make them feel more comfortable going out on a date if they just went through a divorce, make them feel more comfortable starting a new job where they have to call on clients. 
um, you know, make them feel more comfortable singing in church if that's what they love to do. Right. To me, it's all about it's all about not only that confidence piece and obviously having a pain free mouth is important as well, but also eating the foods you love. Right. Uh, being able to talk and sing. These are these are things that, you know, are part of the joy of human life. And uh, if people don't have if they have pain in their mouths, if they have, uh, you know, bloody gums, that they have bad gum infection. You know, not only are they are they lowering their quality of life with uh, the pain that they're going through, but also the shame around, you know, not wanting to open their mouth when they talk, not wanting to smile a lot. That really impacts somebody's ability to live a full and happy life. So, you know, when, when you talk about the psychology piece, for me, it's oftentimes just connecting those two things for the patient, helping them see that, uh, that in fact, if they're paying for, let's say, an all in X restoration, right, a um, complete fixed dentures or something that, that can cost several you know, unless tens of thousands of dollars, you know, that is the difference between being able to eat steak and corn on the cob again and eat mushy foods for the rest of your life. I mean, these are big differences in lifestyle that we're talking about. I mean, look at the before and after pictures on some implant dentistry website. I mean, those people, their lives are completely changed. It's like, yeah. I've seen so many patients cry, cry at the end of, uh, you know, when they get those things delivered, just cry tears of joy, cry tears that they never thought they could be this beautiful again. I mean, it is life changing to watch one of those cases get delivered. It is life changing. So besides systems and procedures, which is obviously number one, what is another challenge that you see people have in the front office that really has a negative impact on the on the practice? Yeah, so I think people tend to be very reactive and we have to learn to have a proactive approach at the front. So our our schedules depend so heavily on how well um, our front office personnel are, are filling them or setting them up um, that if we are not proactive in our approach to that, we can have we, we kind of allow the day to wash over us. We get caught up in the whirlwind and then all of a sudden we have maybe a busy day, but not a productive day. And that can be really frustrating for the dentists themselves because maybe they saw 15 patients, they work their butt off. But uh, they they don't see the production on on the uh, you know on the number side. So really uh, making sure that the, the front office team is not taking the reactive approach. They have to take a proactive approach to outbound calls to fill in the schedule. Right. I always recommend making 15 calls per day per person. Just 15 calls. We talk to 15 patients a day. You know, if you do that, your phones will always be ringing back. Right. So or you know whatever number works for each for each office uh, can be tailored, but. That proactive mentality, uh, I'm going to do a little bit every day to make these schedules better and better, is so important, uh, and it's so missing in a lot of a lot of the practices that I uh, that I see when they initially come in, and then through training and uh, helping their team kind of reframe everything, uh, they get there. You mentioned something we were talking offline. I, I may butcher it, but you like scheduling to production or scheduling to goal or something like that. Could yeah. you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of doctors have a monthly goal that they have in mind, uh, you know, monthly production goal, monthly collections goal that they want to hit. Um, and it's really important for dentists to break that down into a daily goal for their teams. And when I say a daily goal, I don't mean even a total office goal. I mean per provider. The reason why we want to do it per provider is because we want to empower our team to make a difference that day. We want to give them in the morning huddle, we, we want them to actually give us uh, their ideas on how each provider can hit goals. So if I'm a hygienist, my goal is, let's say, $1,300 a day. I walk in, I see my schedule, somebody fell off of it, and now I'm only scheduled to $900. Well, now my mind's already working. I'm looking through my schedule to see, okay, who had some treatment that they didn't get done last time? Who had a night guard that they never accepted from six months ago that I can make sure we make today? So I can not only hit my production goal and help the office hit its goal, uh, but also help that patient, you know, stop 
wearing down their teeth and bruxing and waking up with my, migraines, right? So our, our teams are able to uh, hit those daily goals, but a monthly goal is a little bit too big for people to know how they can impact it. So I really like daily goals and per provider level goals. And I love everyone in the team to know about them and everybody to come prepared to make sure we can hit goal that day, right? Because oftentimes our schedules do fall apart at the last second. You know, somebody, a big procedure calls out in the morning. And while the front office might be calling to make, uh, you know, fill that slot up, um, we can also always do the same day dentistry often. And if the team is really honed in on that from the morning huddle, they'll make it happen. So we, we got to empower our, our team with information so that they can uh, make great decisions throughout the day and, and help us at our goal. Do you ever find that the front office, because they obviously didn't go to dental school and didn't do maybe a potentially a residency, so they're not going to earn what the dentist earns because the dentist is the business owner. He's the one who put his name on the on the loan, took the risk, things of that nature. Do you ever find when you start talking about production goals that some of the front office people struggle with that because they feel like it's lining the pockets of the dentist or um, is that never an issue in a dental practice? That's a really great question. So it, it is an issue sometimes in dental practices. And really, it often comes from the owner having a lot of sheepishness around talking to the team about goals because they believe that their team is going to believe that they're greedy. Um, and it's all about how we talk about our goals and how we frame it for our team. Truly, why we look at production, there's two reasons, of course. One is to know how much debt industry are we doing in a debt, right? We we measure our impact. The easiest measure of that impact is in dollars. That's the easiest that's the easiest way to say, this is how much dentistry we did today. This is how many people we helped, right? This is the impact we're having in the mouths of our clients. Um, the other one, of course, is we have a business to run and we have overhead to pay and people want to get paid. The team wants to get paid on time, right? Nobody wants to get paid late. You don't want to lose your job because I went out of business, right? Right, right. So we do have a business to run as well. So so when, when an owner, when a manager takes the time to really break down that why for the team and help them understand where these numbers are coming from and why we look at them, they can get great buy-in from the team. The team gets motivated by the goals. They become, you know, then instead of the leader kind of dragging the people behind them, they become the, the person pushing next to them, right? Uh, everybody's pushing towards the same goal and that's what we want. So um, to me, the most important thing you can do in your practice, if, if, if any dentists are listening to this and take anything away, is if you're not talking to your team about numbers, you know, give them give them more credit. You can you can show them why these numbers are important with compassion for your patients, compassion for them and what they do, right? Because we're all in healthcare because we want to help people, um, and uh, and and really grow your business from there as well, and and cheerlead them as they as they hit the things. So, for example, in a morning huddle, if we're going over yesterday's results really quickly before we move on to today. And we say, guys, yesterday, remember, doctor scheduled $1,000 under goal. We ended $2,000 over goal. Great job. I want to call out, you know, um, my friend Sandra in the back who was able to get that same day uh, treatment sold for, you know, this patient. Um, she left with her temp bridge in. She was delighted. She was able to get it done today and didn't have to take another day off work. And uh, we ended over goal. Great job, Sandra. So now I have a moment to, you know, to, to really thank my team members Thank them for um, the hard work and for executing, right? Because this is the team approach. The dentist cannot do it all. The dentist cannot sell all their own same-day treatment. You need your team to do it. You need your team to plant the seed in the patient's mind. Hey, you know, this looks like this might need a ground. You're really lucky the doctor had a patient cancel after this. Do you want to go ahead and try to get that done? Maybe same day I can ask him if he has time. 
right? And and just putting it in the in a in a way where the patient sees how convenient it is to get done same day. And the other great thing about uh, same day dentistry is if you offer payment options in your office where the patient can sign up for a payment plan, you know, a third party financing payment plan, um, and you know, pay little to nothing down and then pay over time. That makes same day dentistry acceptance so much easier. So not only is it convenient for the patient to have to not take another day off of work, but they also don't have to pay today. They, you know, their first payment's going to be doing 30 days. So it's really a win-win for the office, for the patient and, uh, you know, for the doctor too, because, um, because they're able to, to make sure they can predictably hit their goals. So, uh, but it, it does take full team effort, full team transparency on goals and full team buy-in. So we've talked about systems. We've talked about scheduling and production. What are, what's another big thing that you see all the time that's, that doctors have to get and offices have to get right? So turnover is another big one, right? We all have turnover problems in dentistry and uh, turnover is often due to either hiring the wrong person at the beginning, right? Not, not uh, making the right hire or a not great onboarding process, right? And then the third one is culture, right? We have to have a, a happy culture, a culture where people want to come to work, where they want to work hard, where they treat each other with kindness and respect, right? Where they have fun together, they laugh together. So those are the three things that, you know, lead to turnover and high turnover rates in offices. Usually, you know, it's one of one of those things or all of those things. Uh, so a lot of the things I coach on with the owner doctors is how do you find the right person? How do you hire the right person? I always say you have to make your dream person come to life. So you have to write a list of the characteristics that are your non-negotiables. They have to have these characteristics. They don't necessarily have to have, again, the, the experience in dental, but they have to be hardworking, right? You can't teach someone to be hardworking. They have to be honest and have integrity. You can't teach someone not to steal, right? They have to, uh, you know, be able to show up on time, right? That's something that people come in with. So um, truly, you know, making sure that we're very clear on the avatar of the, the employee that we want to hire. We've written out those characteristics. We know that what this person looks like, what they sound like, you know, what qualities they have. And once you have a clear picture of who that person is for each role, it's so much easier to find them, right? You you don't overlook the person with no experience because they have all these other qualities on your list. So really uh, doing that work and being being conscious and uh, purposeful with who we're hiring is so, so important. Uh, working interviews is another really important step. I always recommend uh, doing two short working interviews, two, two to three hour working interviews, uh, especially for front office. It's very important because again, we need that proactive person. We need that hard work. So if I want to hire somebody who's a hustler, right, I need to make sure they're a hustler. They can sound great in an interview, but if I don't see them walk the walk, then, you know, it's not, uh, it's not gonna, it's not gonna cut it. So I do two because, uh, for two reasons. One is because I like to see how much the person remembers from the day prior, how much they can just kind of, that I taught them the day before, they can just kind of jump in and do. And then I also like to see on day two, sometimes people's bad habits come out. So they feel a little more comfortable. They feel like they kind of already got the job. Can't fake it. You can't fake it two days in a row. Exactly. Exactly. People get, people start to, you know, have their cell phone out the whole time. They're taking eight minute bathroom breaks and, you know, sitting on the phone in the bathroom. They asked to leave early, you know, things like you're like, really, do you want this job or what? So, um, so I, that's my way of doing it. And it's always worked really well. And, uh, and, you know, of course, hiring is an imperfect art, obviously. I think Jack Welch at the end of his career at, uh, at GM, he said he got, uh, or rather, uh, GE, he said he got, uh, his hiring decisions like 70% right, like only 70% at that point. And he's, you know, a CEO of a huge, a huge company. So it's still an imperfect art, but I teach the doctors, I teach the owners 
what to look for, how to get those, you know, find out if the applicant has those qualities during the interview, really like asking questions that make them tell you true stories, right? That aren't just kind of sugarcoating, oh, this is what I would do in this situation. Um, really truly asking them to tell you stories of a time that's happened to them. For example, I like uh, I like to find out if my uh, new hires are going to be uh, come into the culture and be good people, right? Be kind to everyone. So I'll ask a question on gossip. I'll say, hey, can you tell me about a time that, uh, you know, you dealt with somebody speaking not nicely behind your back at work or speaking not nicely about a customer that just left? Tell me about a time that happened to you. And, you know, I ask them to tell me a story because, again, past behavior is such a good predictor of future. Uh, and even if they didn't act right in that moment, oftentimes they will reflect and say, I would have done this differently. I wish I had done this differently. I was just young at the time or I just... You know, I didn't quite know how to say to her that that wasn't nice to do or whatever. So teaching the doctors who to hire, uh, how to onboard them properly, how to make a hiring, I mean, a training plan for these these new hires, because you can really botch it if you don't if you don't give your uh, new hires proper onboarding, proper training, uh, give them the resources they need to, to succeed, clear expectations, right? Uh, another thing I live by is scorecards. I think every position should have a scorecard. Uh, that comes from Jeff Smart's book, uh, Who?, um, and, uh, it's three, you, you put three to five things on there that if they do those things every day, they're going to be successful in the job because we need our team members super clear on what our priorities are so that they can make the right decision when they're not sure how to spend their time. Right. So it's not a task list. It's not a checklist of, of all the things they need to get done on their shift. That's also something you should have for your, for your, uh, front office team members and all your team members truly. Um, but it's a, a scorecard of if you do the, if you nail these three things, you're going to be successful, right? I'm going to be proud of you. You're going to know you're winning. You're going to know you're, you're crushing your job, right? Um, so I think that clarity is something that lacks in a lot of offices and it's so easy to do, right? It's so easy to get clarity on expectations when we write it down for them, we put it by their workstation, we make it cute and, uh, and they can look at it when they're, when they're not thinking of it, they can look at it. So if someone wants to learn more about front office, front office Academy, how do they find out? How do they get in touch with you? How does that work? Yeah, so um, Front Office Academy, you can actually sign up right online, which is frontofficeacademy.com. Um, you can sign up. It's a monthly fee for access to the courses. It does come included with your, a DSI membership, Dental Success Institute. So it's, a, again, a high-level mastermind network where we coach dentists who want to go from being in the, you know, being in the dentist chair to doing dentistry all day that want to scale to you know, being a CEO of you know, at least one office and maybe several offices, you know. So you can you get it included with that membership um, and DSN members, Dental Success Network members get access to uh, a discounted version of Front Office Academy. So um, it's a great someone want, Now, if someone want to get in touch with you, how, how does that happen? And tell us a little bit about you have a couple other things that uh, that you're coming out with as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a course coming out on complete uh, complete case mastery, complete case acceptance. And I, it's just 15 videos, self-study uh, that take you through all of the basics of gaining complete case acceptance. So getting that full commitment for that $15,000 case or that $20,000 case on day one and getting the money on day one. So um, this is a really easy way for our teams to get good at filling our schedules because when somebody has prepaid their treatment, they're showing up for all those appointments. They're not going to miss them. They're not going to cancel last minute. They're going to be guaranteed butts and chairs. So that's such an important piece. I think that a lot of offices don't always do is go for full case acceptance. Oftentimes they'll, they'll just try to get the next visit accepted and the next visit. But then what happens is when they get the patient gets to the more expensive stuff, 
that's where they kind of ghost us and they say, oh, I'll call you or I got to talk to my husband about this one or I'm going to Europe or I'll call you when I'm back. And then we don't hear from them. Right. And then it's a phone game of following up. And again, that phone game is a losing one. Right. Our, our, our ability to get somebody to accept case, accept their case after they are not in front of us anymore. Right. On the phone goes down so severely from when they're, you know, top of mind. They've just gotten their diagnosis of what they need. They're here in the office. If you figure out a way for that person to pay and pay for it affordably uh, and commit to the whole treatment, they're coming in. So uh, to me, it's it's an awesome it's an awesome tool. Um, it's gonna have some really cool features in it, so I'm excited to get it out there. It should be out in the next month. And how do they get uh, how do they get that? So um, I'll be selling it on a website uh, to be determined. The website is not up yet, and uh, you know they can also just always email me. My email is coach at dentalsuccessnetwork.com. And, uh, and they can email me, ask me about it. And I'm happy to give you my you know, email, phone number, everything. So you can throw it on, on the, uh, the podcast notes if you need. Yeah, for sure. We absolutely will. So Caitlin, thank you so much today. This for coming on today. This has been a uh, very insightful, but yet very important topic we, we, we talked about today. So thanks so much for coming on. Oh, my pleasure. It was really fun. Thanks so much, Russ. You've been listening to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannon. This has been another episode of Financial Flossing with Ross Brannon, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brannon, visit rossbrannon.com. Ross Brandon is a registered representative of Coastal Equities, Inc., and investment advisory representative of Coastal Investment Advisors, Inc. Investment advisory services are offered through Coastal Investment Advisors, Inc., and securities are offered through Coastal Equities, Inc. Member FINRA, SIPC, 1201 North Orange Street, Suite 729, Wilmington, Delaware, 19801. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>